What's going on, Dick Watts? It's the 10th of January, 2019. I want to try to capture a conversation that I had yesterday with a good friend. I mean, it, it, it kind of jumps around a bit. You guys know that I ramble and have kind of transformed this into a, a bit of a personal diary or a log about my experiences, which I think can be quite interesting, but the point is is to entertain and to make you think and make you laugh, maybe, and tell a story. I mean, stories are, are really tremendous, and mankind has been telling stories forever. First-hand accounts and embellishments of cool experiences in their lives and their thoughts. So I don't want to bore you guys or, or depress you with some of my day-to-day struggles, even though the whole idea is to, if, if I do create a podcast and it's including something that's going on in my life, like my dog passing, I guess it's just to, to record those thoughts and maybe express some feelings that we've all had when we, just, when we sustain a loss and what, how, what we should do, how we should respond to that. So just a brief note on that, I don't know if it was 200-something, 300 um, responses, replies on a social, on a Facebook post that my wife put, just said we're, our hearts are broken, you know, nice picture of Junie. A lot of people cried out in support, and my my wife and my children are very... Uh, they're shaking. I think my wife, she's just depressed about it. You know, she's sick about the loss and how to, you know, we're playing God a little bit there by deciding that it was, her life had come to a, an end. And we certainly, uh, you know, I bring her to the vet with the expectation that she had suffered enough. That's what we were doing. And, and that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people. And I feel like this is why um, we believe in higher powers. This is why religion exists, essentially, is because some things happen to us. In particular, the bad things, the stresses, the loss of people, that is just leaves us feeling so empty. And you wonder, man, there's got to be something afterwards. Well, my dog died, or my, my loved one died, and what do I do? What do, I, what do I do now? I mean, this is unspeakable. Uh, hold on. All right. So, uh, sorry if I had to take a little break. I don't know what this fucking old guy's doing over here, sitting in his car at the Mennonite Market, waiting for his wife. Listen, why don't you get out of the car, old man? Run near, get yourself some freaking nutrition or some shit. All right, so let me let me uh, move on with my thought process here. Try to provide you guys something useful. I'm gonna tell you something right now. I'll tell you a quick story. I'm looking at across a uh, a wintry hillside here, across the, this meadow. Look at this big face. This fucking ass head. Looking across this wintry meadow, I see the high school 
and up on the hill there's the school and there's a bunch of flags out there American flags, a couple of them and there, the wind has taken them to about 9 o'clock position full mast I mean this flag is friggin full I'm talking about windage here now I've discussed in the past about the concept of adjusting on target it's imperative that we do it, we're always doing it picking our nose and chewing it you fuck up, you make a mistake you seemingly fail in your mission all you gotta do is adjust on target you gotta use the windage to try to see which direction you need to adjust it what kind of adjustments can we make in order to make our round strike right in the bullseye that is life I'm thinking about laying out there on the rifle ranges of Paris Island, South Carolina in the summer, hot as balls. It smells like a swamp. 200, 300, 500 yard line. Carrying our weapons. Very disciplined. In a very disciplined fashion following all the weapons conditions and all the safety rules which are friggin crazy and important to maintain and looking at that flag the flags, two flags blowing at the left and right of the rifle range that you're shooting on firing on and you look at the flag and you mind you and the flag will the wind will blow and the flag will extend all the way out or maybe partial and you got to make some little, you make sure it's a sustained wind or not just some crazy gust out of nowhere. Usually the winds are fairly constant. It's windy right now. What is it windy? The flag's blowing left. Well, I'm going to make a couple clicks to my right and I'm going to adjust on target. Oh, I got a little bit closer to the bullseye. Now I'm going to adjust. I'm just going to take a couple more clicks and I'm good. Then you're in the black and you succeed in your mission, you've taken out the enemy, whatever the fuck. So make sure you mind your windage, you try to make that observation when you're moving towards your mission. You have to take, you have to, you know, take stock of the surroundings and the conditions that are on the ground before you take any action, whatever it is. It's windy as shit today. And look at this, look at this. I got a bird of prey flying over the road. Imagine trying to maintain your windage, try to keep your wings level in this sort of, I don't know, gusting to 30 miles per hour, it seems. And they make it look easy up there. Just taking that energy and riding it, riding those currents and the gusts. So let's adjust our windage like a Marine on a rifle range or like a bird of prey soaring out there absorbing the energy of that wind gust and doing with it what we want, taking us, let it arrive us where we want to go. Break. Next thing I want to talk to you about is this conversation I had with my patient yesterday, a good friend of mine. And this woman is fucking brilliant. She's very, very smart and very kind and very compassionate. And she's, uh, she works for a big local pharmaceutical company. And I think she's a high roller so 
we like to solve the problems of the world. Hey, what book you read? Oh, you read this book? She's saying, talking about the, the woman who walked, a long walk to water, it's called. And so basically third world country, let's say Africa, this woman's got to walk every day for this, I don't know, hours or whatever to go get the water or do whatever she's got to do. Go all the way down to this water source, get it, and take it back. It's like ridiculous in the year 2019 that people still live like this, but they do. And we started to talk about this book and how, yeah, this woman's got to friggin' traverse all this, you know, distance just so that she can get clean water or food or bring her products to market or whatever on foot, probably barefoot, right? Here we drive around in our SUVs and carry around our phones and do podcasts and shit. It's crazy that there's people who still live like this, who have to, or who prefer to. And it sounds like it was a cool story. They actually were able to find a local uh, local water source, and they dug a well, and, you know, they, they created this, they tapped in this water source closer to home rather than walking all this distance, which is wonderful to hear. A Long Walk to Water. So it made me think of this other book that I read called The Long Walk. And this was an interesting, kind of a different scenario. It was certainly involved walking, but it was like somebody who escaped from a gulag or something, a prisoner of war that just somehow made it out the wire and had to walk through various lands and countries that were occupied by the enemy and how the individual evaded escaped and evaded and stayed alive and ultimately had to walk like all the way to a neutral country let's say it's Switzerland right something like that the long walk and the adventures that were had along the path it was a tremendous book I'd like to revisit it because it was it was very good we're talking about books and we're talking I, I what came to mind was um, what she was talking about uh, I was I'm, I'm big on talking about like uh, zeitgeist. So I believe zeitgeist is the sign of our times. Like, what are things like today? How do we live today, and how will that be viewed upon in the future? Ever think about that? Like, what's it going to be like? What will people? You know, did we ever think that um, we would regard women or women's rights the way we do today? You know, even though it's something still evolving. You know, it wasn't just less than a century ago where women got their their right to um, their ability to uh, to vote the fuck are these dickheads doing Jesus Christ trash all over the goddamn road hold on (laughs) funny guys they listen to this shit Pull up to the fucking house. Live up on a hill here. Talk about adjusting your windage. Talking about 50 mile an hour gusts up here. Blowing. It's also trash day. So we got cardboard boxes and Pringles cans and all kinds of other bullshit. Flying every which way. I don't know what you do. Sometimes you just got to tie your shit down. You know what's going to happen? All this crap is going to blow out this way. And it's going to lodge itself up against my fence. And then we'll have to pick it up over the weekend or something. I don't fucking know. 
So you can adjust your windage. Sometimes the wind, though, is so great. Might as well be Mount Washington, where you have to chain the fucking house to the mountain. Do whatever you can, or just hunker down somewhere inside, in a cave, in a structure. Hope that the huff and the puff don't blow your house down, right? So, I went on to have this, you know, what's interesting about conversations I'll have with my patients is that they can be very deep, particularly if I have extra time to discuss matters. Conversations can be very in-depth and uh, very deep and very sincere. And they can carry on to other people. You know, people, depending upon the activities or what's going on in the world, some people might want to talk about the very same thing. And so, start a conversation with one patient, give, bid them a farewell, and then somebody else will come in and ask me the same thing. So, talking about yesterday, there's different types of people in this world that, uh, you know, what, what came up, uh, these books, all right? So, we started talking about the walls, and the wall, Trump's wall, fucking big current event, right? So, my piece on the wall, I'm going to tell you right now. You motherfucking politicians, we've got a balance now, okay? The House and the Senate are different orientations, right? And they say that the ba- we talked about that the balance of power is actually a good thing. You don't want just one party or one philosophy getting in there because they're going to manipulate the country to their liking without the care, without caring about what the minority is after what their thoughts are, views are, or feelings are on something. And so that we talked about how that's a good thing, that there's a separation of power and that, you know, ideally American government, there's going to be heated arguments, there's going to be disagreements, but if as we balance one another out, we can get a, you know, everybody can kind of get their representation had in government and in the courts and all that shit. That's why everybody's trying to, trying to get their representation there, right? So it's a good thing that we disagree sometimes. As long as the politicians can go into a room and, you know, slug it out and arbitrate for their, you know, their advocate for their constituents. And when they and beat each other up and call each other names and do whatever they're going to do, but don't come out and make excuses, okay? Come out with your arm around one another and said, I fucking, we just went after it. I hate these people, but I understand that people, people have different points of view. And uh, this is what we came up with. It's a compromise. Sometimes we have to compromise. We got what we, what, you know, this part of our legislation in there. And the other side, they also, we, we, we gave them some compromises. Well, the problem is, to a degree, people don't want compromise. People want their shit represented. They want what they feel should happen to happen. And they don't give a fuck about the other side. Then it's the other people. Ah, uh, they don't. Ah, uh, you fucking liberals. Ah, uh, you fucking conservatives. Ah, uh, you, you know, Trump-tards. Ah, uh, you libtards. And so what do I think about the wall? Talked about another book. There's a book called The World is Flat, written by, written by Thomas Friedman. talks about how basically technology has blown down every wall that there has been. Huff and a puff and you freaking blow the wall down. 
So if you're trying to make your widgets in Pennsylvania, for instance, and you want to keep jobs in America, good old the U.S. of A., but you can, you know, shop out your labor to India or Africa or China and, and do so cheaper and make more money, the almighty dollar is going to rule and somehow you're going to make that change and you're going to make a ton of money. And that's why there are no factories in America anymore. That's why manufacturing is gone. We are a service-based economy. That's why we are a service-based economy now. So things have changed. There are no borders, really. There are no boundaries. The Internet, as soon as the Internet came into existence, a lot of that, whether we're talking about communication or um, transferring of goods and services, the boundaries are gone. So you can't build a wall and expect people to abide by that. Walls are basically designed to be broken down, penetrated, blown up, pulled down. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You know, what is the history of walls? A physical wall, I mean, and the expectation that we're going to be able to guard this thing. Because if you build a wall, then you have to, people can go over there and blow it up or pull it down or do whatever. So then you need to guard it. So how are you going to guard this boundary and really prevent people from getting in? Is a question. So there's a, another book that I brought up to my friend. It's called The Red the Devil's, Tri Devil's Triangle or something like that, or Devil's whatever. And it's about the crossing of the southern border between Texas and Mexico. And how there are parts of that border that are not, that have no wall. What we do have, they do have is a fucking horrible frying pan of a desert. And the construction of a wall channels these people into these areas and they're going to take the risk because there's no wall and there's less security and we're assuming that they're not going to take the chance. But they're going to take the chance and many of them do and thousands have died trying to cross there. Interestingly and disgustingly, it was postulated that we would know exactly how many people would die there because we find bodies all the time and, um, you know, the, the desert, the arid landscape tends to preserve bodies that are not as prone to decomposition, etc. But scientists did an experiment, and they took pigs and slaughtered pigs, and they put them in human clothing and laid them out there, let's say, underneath a tree or a little scrub brush or whatever, simulating a human trying to stay alive with the unbearable heat and the unforgiving landscape. And what they found was is that they friggin' put this on video and all kinds of critters came out there and basically ate these pigs, dismembered the bodies. Buzzards came out there and ate fucking everything, bones and all. Everything. And so there were, we're, there's really no sense that we're going to be able to identify the remains of people that go across this, this desert. And what is your point of view on that, I wonder, the people who are for the wall? How do you feel that there, there would be this part that we're using... Mother Nature, this this unforgiving landscape of a desert that people have to are risking life and limb to get across, the sacrifices that they would make, thinking about the sacrifices of everybody who's ever come to America as an immigrant, pilgrims, and um, starting with the pilgrims. We want to come here and practice our religion. We want to come here for freedom of speech and representation. 
whatever the fuck they're looking for. They came here and they they voyaged across the seas and they risked life and limb to get here and some died and some made it. And that's what these people are trying to do. I understand we can't accept everybody here. I understand that that we want legal immigration and should be for that and there's a process to follow and stuff. I don't know what you do. Is the process fair? Is the process one that people can ever expect to really make it in officially the right way? Can they wait if they're impoverished and their government's collapsed and they need something? When you when you when you're struggling like that, you will risk a lot. You'll do whatever you got to do in order to to make it to a better life for your family, whatever. I've seen this. I mentioned with the Bolseros, the the um, Cubans who we guarded down in Guantanamo Bay. There's put together some makeshift raft and try to make it across the Florida Straits to make a landing in Miami and, and a new life or whatever. I know a lot of people who did that and I guarded them and they were wonderful people and the majority of them were really good folks just trying to get a better lot in life. I know, I know, I know. Um... So, very interesting. So I'm not for the wall. I'm not for a physical wall. I am for a smart monitoring kind of wall. I am for um, using computer technology and drones and uh, um, satellite imagery and stuff to make sure that we're guarding that area. I am for uh, some sort of structure, some sort of barrier that is is not some ridiculous undertaking that's going to cost their American pack taxpayer shitloads of money and it's just going to be torn down or circumscribed or whatever. People can get here by sea, by air, whatever. I don't know what you do. I, I, I mean, I, I understand those who you know feel they want to keep our country safe. I want to keep our country safe. I understand those who want legal immigration instead of people coming here to take our jobs and commit crimes and so on and so forth. I understand all that shit. I agree. But I don't think that a physical wall of concrete or steel is going to be anything that is going to solve these problems. I think it's going to be just a blemish on society and it's going to fuck with our relations with Mexico and other countries and um, it's going to make us look like a bunch of dopes and people are going to come in anyway. The smallest hole in that in that wall or the uh, tunnel under, climb over, go by sea, go by air, um, go through the desert and risk their fucking lives to get eaten by buzzards or bones crushed and eaten, pulled away by coyotes and shit. People say, well, what about all the crime, all the drugs? Well, we got a drug problem and we've got, we are the supply, we are the demand, they are the supply. So the drug cartel is going to come through. You know, if we're going to have a war on drugs, then go kill these motherfuckers. Decrease, simultaneously decrease the demand somehow. Maybe we legalize marijuana. Seems like a lesser substance that has been uh, classified as a uh, um, Schedule One narcotic. Up there with heroin and cocaine, it's, it's clearly not, right? 
Legalize it. Tax it. It helps people. It's not addictive, comparatively. Maybe that'll reduce the war on drugs. Sex trafficking. My buddy, I love him dearly, he keeps talking about sex trafficking. Well, I don't want anybody coming in illegally or, or um, you know, and certainly smuggling children in or, or out or whatever the fuck they're doing and, you know, molesting children. Just kill these motherfuckers, man. Take the military, the American military, and purpose them with the mission. Hey, we're going to go down here. It should be an easy job. We're just going to friggin' find and 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 uh, rescue these kids, and we're going to kill every motherfucker that's involved in, in any capacity with the sex trafficking trade. I hear about these things. I understand that it's you know there's this is kind of a shadowy area, but just just set the standard. Okay, we're going to go and fucking kill these bastards because this is a unbelievably uh, tragic crime and and you know heinous and we're and we're gonna go back at it by just striking them it's such a blow to this industry that nobody would ever think about it. you know this morning i'm watching the fire i noticed this recently I'm watching the nfl channel and the fucking there's a commercial like a law commercial for people who have have you been molested by a clergy they had a website, Clergy Sexual Abuse Hotline, because we're going to bring these guys to justice. Why? Because there's been a fund created, because this is so widespread, that there's been a fund created by the government or by the Vatican or whoever the fuck. The fund is to, is to um, restitution for people who have been injured, molested by the Catholic Church. Or whatever church. You believe this? Is this fucking real? 2019? Kill these motherfuckers. Just kill them. I mean, can you think of a worse crime? I don't know. So that's those are my thoughts on the wall. I'm not for it. I'm for using technology and listening to the people who are on the ground trying to solve some of these problems. Really creative strategies to do it. I don't think creating a physical wall is going to do much, really. I think that when you put a, an obstacle up in front of people, they are going to strategize to try to tear it down and get around it. And interestingly, I just uh, listened to, uh, I saw a voice cl a clip of Trump doing like some sort of uh, proceedings, like a graduation ceremony or something. This dickhead's up there with an honorary degree, probably. Um, and he's talking about how if the, if you don't let obstacles, don't let anything stop you. Never quit. Never stop. Basic shit, right? And if there's a concrete wall in front of you, you go over it. You go through it. You go under it. Yeah, dickhead. So what the fuck are you gonna do? with a wall. People are going to go look at it and they're going to look at all the friggin' all the finest uh, graffiti artists like Banksy and shit are going to go down they're going to draw murals about your stupidity and we're going to be the laughing stock of the world. This is 2019, okay? This isn't the dark ages where we think we're going to friggin' keep people out. 
If people really want to be somewhere, they're going to be there. If people really want to sex traffic, they're going to do it. If there's something in it for them. If drugs, if there's a demand, there's going to be a supply for drugs. So you need to, you need to think differently. You need to adjust your windage. And you need to find creative strategies that maybe have not been you know, so popular or, 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 or tried before. Or everybody's, ah, no, that's not going to work. Fucking get, get creative, man. Get gritty and find a way to solve these problems. And for God's sake, just fucking, just work with people, man. Democrats work with Republicans, you know, but I think that that is, uh, you know, despite Trump, I think that we're probably more ready than ever for Democrats to be working with Republicans. I think that Trump is a fucking pimple on the ass cheek that is America right now. He is a real dirtbag. Every fucking day, it's something with this guy. Imagine waking up and, you know, today I'm going to fucking, oh, what's that? Oh, we got uh, uh, you know, government people, government employees who are out of work. You know, we got people who aren't getting paid. They're not going to be able to pay their bills. Oh, they'll be okay. I think that their employers, I think that their la- their landlords are going to are gonna look out for them and, and be reasonable. Yeah, because you are a reasonable landlord, you fucking cocksucker. You know, the guy with billions of dollars, supposedly is going to tell us how uh, you know, reasonable debt collectors are. Every day he wakes up and does something stupid, says something stupid. He doesn't rely upon facts. He's not a fucking smart man. He thinks with his gut. One thing I'll, end you, I'll leave you with this is this. Talking to my friend, and not necessarily you know, arrogant. It sounds arrogant. But the reality is that there are people who are smarter than other people. There are people that think about the big problems of the world and would like to apply creative strategies to solve them. And there are people who just think with their gut while other people think or trying to think with their head. Climate change. Oh, well, it's all these scientists and supposedly 97%. Yeah, right. It just sounds like an unrealistic number. 97, I'm supposed to believe 90%, 97% of climate scientists uh, scientists, the people doing the work that they actually think that in a hundred years the sea level is going to rise this high and I don't feel anything right now so you got to think about this for a second if you're looking at the weather you're looking at the weather for this weekend let's be real honest is it going to snow this weekend how is that going to affect my life that's what you're thinking about you are not pondering what it's going to be like in a month or in six months and so human beings, this is, we evolved to think in the short term like this. Am I being chased by a bear? Am I going to die? Is that a storm coming? Ooh, it has a funky feel out there. feels like a storm is brewing. Hey, guys, everybody get inside the cave, right, back in the, way back in the day. So we're used to solving problems in an instant just based upon the information that we have. When we look at things and we measure things and we do mathematics and we calculate that this is the sort of the percentage of the polar ice caps that are melting or what CO2, the concentration of CO2 is doing as it accumulates um, in our atmosphere, creating a greenhouse effect that warms the planet. And warm planet means that there's more energy and there's more energy that means there can be more storm systems and unpredictable weather events and so on and so forth. 
it's a lot for most people to take in. They don't even want to think about it. They'd rather just dismiss it. And so this is the problem with human beings right now is that, and is that some people, they have the resources, the mental capacity to, to really assess the information and consider it. And there's other people who just, they're just thinking with their gut, like, I don't feel, it doesn't feel like the world's getting warmer. And uh, it was always, you know, storms and stuff and you know, everything's going to matter. The planet's too big and God created this planet and he knows everything. So everything's going to be fine. Right? But there's also this. So there are smart people and there are less smart people. Doesn't mean they're better necessarily, but in terms of solving the problems that mankind is going to is experiencing and will in the future, you need thinkers. You need people who are able to appraise the data and say, all right, I know what my gut tells me, but I got to listen to this, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this math right here and uh, if we don't change that, the, you know, we're going to have problems. I know I might not feel it, but my kids and my farm and whatever, you know, my lifestyle is going to suffer in the future if I don't act now. Okay. It's a hard thing to do for a lot of people, but I'll, I'll leave you with this. Depending upon somebody's circumstances, let's say poverty, somebody's poor, somebody's struggling to survive, put food on the table, protect their family, get food, shelter, all that shit, basic necessities of life. I'm talking about a scenario like, um, scenario out of trading places, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd is a uh, stock uh, <clears throat> Wall Street trader. And he's rich. And he's got a great lifestyle and fiance, all these wonderful things. And Eddie Murphy's character is a poor guy who begs on the street and drinks. And <clears throat> so they trade places. It's a game by even richer people. We're going to turn you into a freaking peasant or we're going to turn you into overnight into a stock trader. And what happens? They both assume the role quite you know, by necessity. The bum turns into the banker and the banker turns into the bum. My point is that the situation dictates people who are struggling to survive comparatively, they don't have time to crunch the numbers on climate change or sex trafficking or a wall or whatever. They're not thinking on that level. The stress that they're under does not allow them to think on that level. Whereas somebody who, yeah, they got some money, they got a house, they are able to pay their bills, there's pressure on them, but really less pressure than, um, than the, the, the poor person is going to be experiencing, far less. So in their spare time, they have time and to consider these bigger questions. Oh, what about pollution? Oh, what about straws in the, in, the, in the ocean and the ocean cleanup? And what about, we'll put a, you know, a wall. You know, maybe we can do this. Maybe this is the right thing to do. So your situation in life, it depends. It, it dictates so much. I know it's 2019, and I know that our stresses in the Western world, you know, we think they're great, but there's somebody else there that's walking great distances for clean water and food and for healthcare. So 
people's needs are going to be, uh, and their perception of needs is going to be driven by their circumstances and what that does to your brain. What does a poverty-stricken brain look like? It doesn't look like the brain of you and I. There are certain pathways within that mind that are suppressed just in favor of fight or flight, survival. So you got to keep this in mind when you're talking to people. you got to try to understand where they're coming from, empathize with them a little bit. I think that that's important. you got to understand that it doesn't make somebody better or worse, but not everybody has the ability to process this information. Of course, that gets turned into a, a caricature where we call, you know, people who are for Donald Trump, and he's a really, he's really a, a turd to get behind. Like anybody who really thinks that that he's a good guy and that, and he's acting on our behalf and that he, based on facts at all, you're deluded. But this is why people, you know, create caricatures of people calling uh, Trump advocates uh, Trump tards and. Uh, deplorables, right? Because they're saying that these folks are thinking with their gut, not with their head. And we must try to find a balance between these two. I think it's one of the main dividing factors of our time. Our gut sometimes and historically has served us well, but you also have to look at the information on the ground and if it suggests that you need to change, you need your head needs to talk to your gut, and you need to get over it, and you need to compromise. That's what I got. I got to go eat uh, lunch. I wish you guys a wonderful day. Love and respect. Huh!